Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Excited for this morning to finish off our Relationship goal series, uh, which I've personally enjoyed, been challenged by. I hope you have as well. Um, this time of year is the best time of year to really think about the cross and what Jesus done, Palm Sunday, the week before. And we're going to really tie that in. Because sometimes we can hear these stories, but how do we apply them to our life? That's the hard part. How do, what does this look like for my relationship, for my life, whatever? Um, and so it's Palm Sunday today. Um, and what, what had happened as we see Jesus is coming in uh, to his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And the people recognized him as king of the Jews, and they started to lay down these palm branches to acknowledge his kingship and, and, and who he was. They recognized his power and his potential. But Jesus, on the other hand, had something else going on on in the inside. He, he knew the prophecies. He knew the scriptures. He knew what, was point, what he was about to uh, entail. And so as, as much as he was being praised and honored and clapped and and seen as king, he also knew he was walking like a lamb to the slaughter. And I guess, well, how do we apply that? What I want to do today is tap into that a little bit before I invite some of our, our interview panel up. And just to frame it and understand that, listen, sometimes there's times in life where we have to go through the valley. We can't go around it because there's only one way through. And if we're honest, sometimes we, we divert off the beaten path I'll do it my way, and we find ourselves in trouble, and we don't overcome. Worthy is the lamb, we just sang, who overcome, who overcome temptation to give up, to let go. He overcome uh, with power. He overpowered the power of sin. Sin, sin through its best punch, all that it had at him through death, and he conquered the grave. And so what I really want us to do is to apply this to our relationship series. As we go through, if we're honest, so our biggest wounds in life are through relationships, right? Let's be honest. The people that we love the most have the ability to hurt us the most. When we talk about forgiveness, we're not saying about forgiveness to an object or a thing. We're talking about forgiveness to people. And so I really want to apply this Palm Sunday, the story of what Jesus had to endure and go through and what he said yes to. And so let's just read this scripture real quick in John 12 and 11. It says, They took the palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. The next day, the great crowd that had come for uh, the festival heard that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem. They took the palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize. So that's, there's a lot going on within those few verses, the before, during, and after. Only after Jesus was glorified, died and resurrected, did they understand these things that had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. And so how do we apply that to our life? Well, one of the first things I noticed there is that the people first 
started off by recognizing his power and his potential. He was a king. He deserved honor. He was alive, so they were, they were seeing it for what it was in, at that point in time. They weren't probably thinking about the whole process. They probably were discounting those parts of Scripture that they'd heard about because it was uncomfortable. Same way we, we, we discount some conversations that we need to confront, but we don't want to go through. We want to go around. Yeah? The second thing I noticed was the people realized the truth after the battle. <laughs> after the process. See, see, often faith is walked out forward and understood backwards. That's why you need faith. But if we're not careful, we'll walk by our own sight, confidence in our own way, and what happens is we, we, we turn from the battle. We don't walk into the city. We stay on the periphery of our calling, our purpose, God's desire, God's best for us, and we never conquer the sin, and we never conquer the pattern, we never conquer dysfunction, we never conquer what God has called us to conquer because we don't face it. And this is incredible revelation when it comes to relationship because it completely applies. And then the third thing I noticed is people um, didn't understand the process. Why? Why did they not understand? I, I, I've heard about, you know, it's going to be a lamb to the slaughter. It's going to conquer the grave. You, you know, this, this, this Messiah is going to save the world. I've heard all these things through the book of Isaiah, all these prophetic books, but oh, it's, that seems ridiculous. That seems too, what, hard. I find it hard to believe that, why would that have to happen for freedom, for the world to be, why would that have to happen? And if we're honest, honest the reason that we give up and that we don't want to go through the process is we find it hard to do. Hard to believe that it could be a good thing. How can something good come from something hard? We can so easily fall for that lie when actually everything that is built. There's, what, I remember someone telling me this, with every new level, there's a new devil. <laughs> the higher you go, there's another battle that needs to be fought. And the beauty about it is if God has called you to it, he will give you the grace to get you through it. The problem is we try to do it ourselves with our own power, and that's impossible. There's certain things that we can't break free from without the truth of the, the Bible, but not just with the truth. Have you ever noticed that if you, you go into an environment, and Christian environment, say, and they're just preached, they're all about the truth. The Spirit's kind of like a, a distant cousin. They won't really talk about too much feeling. <laughs> and usually in those places, it's very judgmental because it's all head knowledge, but the heart is hard. And that's why Jesus says, I've come with grace and truth, with truth and spirit. Th that was the story from our, our, our freedom course was essentially someone who's like, listen, I know what the truth is, but <laughs> I'm filled with bitterness. I'm filled with anger. I'm filled with rage. How do we deal with that? We invite the Spirit. And as the Spirit comes, He connects the dots, and all of a sudden, freedom is not just an idea. It's not just a truth. It's now a reality. And that, that applies to a relationship. So 
just going to recap real quick um, over a few, a few points that we've kind of looked over. So we've looked at why marriages, most marriages fail. We don't just attract what you want. You generally attract who you are. We looked at ways to prepare. Getting secure in Christ, strong in character, and planted in community. Looked at red flags when dating. Um, if you're not consistently pursuing Jesus, those that love you don't love who they are. Uh, red flag. When there's not healthy conflict. When you don't trust the person that you're with. And then lies in marriage. I can change him or her. <laughs> A good marriage is 50-50. Another lie. It's 100 100 the one little thing isn't a big thing, so we start to maybe look at things we shouldn't, talk to people in ways that we shouldn't. It's only a small thing, it's not a big deal, but big things are made up of small things that compound. And then the last lie, there's no hope. So, just to set and take the pressure off the people who are coming in on the interview, we've probably all believed some of these things, done some of these things, and that's why we have a story to tell. Do you know, there's a word in the Bible, not in the Bible, but it describes the process of growing to follow Christ. It's sanctification. It means we're in a process of trial and error, getting it wrong, realizing God's way is right. And really, that's what we're going to talk about a bit now. But hey, I tried to do it my own way, messed it up, uh, and trusted God, His way. It's a straight path. It works, but it's hard. Um, but when I look back, it's the best way. You ready? Yeah. Right, guys, come on, head up, and we will get stuck in. Come on, put our hands together for those people. Right, guys, welcome. We'll put that in the middle somewhere, and you can pass that. Right. Right, let's see who we've got listening. Who? Uh, right, so we'll just go quickly and just introduce who you are. Um, sure, we'll start with Stuart. Stuart's looking very happy there. Um, uh, introduce who you are, maybe if you want to tell us something interesting about yourself, you do for a living or whatever. This wasn't one of the questions, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stuart Johnson, married to Leah here, obviously. Um, two kids, Ayla and Seb in uh, Kids Church, um, pff, something interesting. I was racing my motorbike yesterday. <laughs> what, what kind of bike? <laughs> KTM and Gerald. Oh, sorry, it's a scrambler. A scrambler, yeah. Very good, yeah, very good. You're still in one piece. Off road. Love Just it, about. love it. Very good. Put on for Stuart. So I am Leah, Stuart's wife. And again, not prepared for this question, but my favorite hobby at the minute is CrossFit. Yay! Franz Gavrilia. Hello, I think you all know me. I'm Edith, Philip's mum. <laughs> I could tell you a lot of stories. <laughs> I suppose my favourite one, I am a nurse and so proud of it. I've been nursing for 50 years. Woo! Um, my name's Kate, I'm married to Mark, and um, we have three boys, um, Daniel, Charlie and Joshua. Uh, you may have heard them, they're next door. Um, <laughs> um, just one wee fact, probably about my mum and dad, they've been married 60 years, a couple of weeks ago, Whoa. so they celebrate their diamond anniversary. Awesome. 
So I'm Mark. You probably don't see me much. I'm probably next door <laughs> some, most of the time. But say the most interesting thing about me is probably Kate and the boys. <laughs> um, and I, if you know me, I'm probably very boring and, and totally, you know. But no, it's, it's great to be up here and uh, just speak in front of you. Yeah. Amazing. Hi, everyone. My name is Anna and I'm Polish and I'm married to my husband, Phil. Um, we don't have children yet, but as of two weeks ago, we became uh, puppy parents. So we're loving the season, and yeah, we're probably sleep deprived as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> 6 a.m. last night, we had arranged that Anna was to get up. Um, you know, we take turns who gets up during the night. I didn't know you had to do this for puppies. <laughs> and and they're, Dale and Carla are our new coaches, life coaches. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dale's never talked to me as much in his life he loves dogs the amount of advice he has I was getting essays the first day incredible if you, if you start an online business mate, I'll sign up but uh, yeah last night Anna was supposed to get up twice and at 6am came and she didn't get up and said Phil can you take this one um, but yeah that's another conflict in the, in the making we're going to fight fair I'm only kidding. Right, so we're going to get into some questions. Um, we'll obviously just... The problem is I'm a floor, so I've realized not everyone's a floor, and I have to give them some kind of warning. So we've got a, a list of questions here. Um, so one of the first statements we made at the, at the beginning of Relationship Goals series was you don't just attract what you want, you generally attract what you are, you know, in regards to values, um, What's first in your life, etc.? Does anyone want to take that? The question is, can you relate to this statement? What thoughts come to mind? Who wants to take it? Just pay, Leah's just spoke up there, so. So when you first sent that through, I think for us, we were like, nope, can't relate at all, because anybody who knows up, up close or even from a distance, Phil knows Shirt and I couldn't be any more opposite to one another <laughs> in like every way, shape and form. But whenever you dig a little bit deeper, and I think our experience probably that we thought about was whenever we very first got together, and I know Phil, this is something that you're keen for us to share as well, in that we first got together in about 2012, I'm gonna guess, and that lasted a couple of months, and then Stuart broke up with me. Um, there was meant to be a universal gasp, like, oh my goodness, really? <laughs> but anyway, we'll move on. But it was the best thing ever, to be honest, because in my experience, and you can get a bit like, into psychology of this, but in my history, I've very much been a relationship girl from the day and hour I could be, I guess, and was just in back-to-back -back relationships and had just got out of our relationship almost as soon as I met Stuart, to be honest. So I think for me, I hadn't really had any time just on my own, just figuring out who I was and what I wanted. So I think we both came into that relationship not being quite ready for it for different reasons. And so I think that's in terms of the question that you asked there in that statement, it's like we were attracted to each other, but we also just weren't quite there yet. So mm. 10, 12 months goes by and then really didn't like him at all to be honest <laughs> so <laughs> it's a miracle we're here again today but, 
but do you like but, him now? But <laughs> love him. But don't always like him, but love him. Ew. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. But um, yeah, I needed that time personally. I needed that time just to figure out who I was, to really press into my faith as well, to not be treating the other person as my Jesus and expecting them to sort of fulfill so me. Um, and yeah, I remember one time sort of driving down the north way, um, very specific, but I remember for the first time ever in my life thinking, if I don't end up married or in a relationship, that's also okay. Whoa. And I, I'd never got to that point so before. Good. I was always sort of sight set on the next thing. So Brilliant. for me, obviously it all worked out in the end. We both sort of were in a bit of a better place and yeah. So we were attracted together again, but ready for it that time. So, so. you would say, the whole single and secure thing is nearly essential for like a foundation. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, Whoa. definitely my own experience anyway. And it's interesting that you said as soon as you surrendered to that idea that I might be single, that's when maybe the ball started to roll. Yeah, almost instantly, to be honest. <laughs> that, sorry, I'm excited about that point. But no, that's, that's, to be honest, that's the story I've heard time and time again. And you know, if it was God's will that you, didn't, you weren't single, you were supposed to be single, obviously that wouldn't happen. Um, but the fact that obviously God opened that door and Stuart was still about. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> still floating. But very good, very good. Anyone else want to tap into that? or Mark's Dan for this. My goodness, as far as relationships go, I was probably the worst in the world. Um, I, didn't, I didn't manage to break into the Northern Ireland scene at all. Um, <laughs> and, um, I, just, I just began to like think, you know, Marky, I think it's just quite clear that God's going to keep you single, mate, you know? Um, you know, but <laughs> I started going on a, a few holidays and I went on a China trip and I met Kate on the China trip and I think... Um, when you had that different kind of time, you had two weeks, and uh, there was only t about 14 of us on the trip, so like everybody really got to know each other really well. And uh, it was then that, you know, I began to probably come out of my shell a wee bit more, and, you know, because I was never one to kind of run across the, the, the room and like chat to somebody I, f I first laid eyes on, you know, it was just like, no, she'll just, she'll just flick me off, you know what I mean, <laughs> type thing, I'm, I'm not going to do that, you know, it was a real courage thing, you know, but having two weeks with this one, um, it, it was a totally different experience, you really got to know somebody in more ways, and I just began to notice that Kate and I were just really kind of clicking and just enjoying our company a lot yeah. over the two weeks. And the trip ended and came home. Kate obviously was living in England that time. And uh, I just couldn't kind of get her out of my head, you know. I just thought, this girl needs my help and support <laughs> for the future. And uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> I need to rescue her from like her <laughs> single life. You know? Oh, you're the rescuer type. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, no, we started then like the whole easy jet thing back and forth. And, uh, you know. I'm sure the parents had quite a shock when I came in through the door, you know, you know, goodness sake, where did she find this bio, you know, but, um, 
it, it, we did that for a few years, and then Kate came over as working at Daisy Hills. She's now working at Craig Alvin, and we've had a lot of time, you know, just to really get to know each other. And I think that's given us a really good foundation. Like, and do you think, you know, you know in regards to obviously you just both had faith, believed in in Jesus? Do you think that was an essential part of probably why you were also attracted to her because that was maybe a part of your filter? Totally, Fine. totally. I basically ruled out anybody that wasn't a Christian. Whoa. You know what I mean? Um, it was just the way I was raised. And, you know, always remember that scripture, you know, do not be unequally yoked with a non-believer and things like that. So, like, you know, as soon as I would have maybe met someone and knew they weren't, you know, that way, I would probably, you know, not pursued that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, it was the, the holiday company we went with was O'Call. So, they, they are like a Christian holiday company. So, mm. um like they would have like a have a speaker along on the trip and you'd have like a Very like a good. permit in the morning or we meeting at night and stuff. So yeah. there was always that faith element in the trip. Yeah. And I think that really helped bring the people to together that were on it because like you met strangers and then in two weeks' time you were sharing phone numbers and saying we gotta meet up again, like you know, awesome. come over to Northern Ireland, you know, and spend time. So mm. but um it was a wee bit more with Kate, obviously. I knew there was maybe something there that was worth pursuing. Very good. So, Very good. Um, love it, love it. Thank you, Mark. Anyone else? Go on, Mom. Just to be short, Pam. Um, sorry, Joe can't be here. He's got not feeling the best today. Now's your chance. <laughs> Tell us everything. Maybe you're watching online. Um, yes, I suppose um, through my teenage years and early 20s, I realized that if you wanted to do anything for God, you had to put him first. And it's, it's a process. And maybe you'd sort of just been a bit light for a few years, but I remember just different things in life sort of changed your perspective and helped you to grow and disappointments. And remember, I was 27 at this stage, and I thought, oh, maybe I'm not going to get married. There's going to be something, some other plan, but I sang in this church one night, not too far away, <laughs> and then I got a phone call a few weeks later from a gentleman who... So, so how did he meet you? Um, well, he, I didn't know him, but he was obviously in the congregation. <laughs> the congregation. And you were, you were singing right I, out of the church? I used to sing in my guitar, you know, <laughs> and um, so anyway, to cut a long story short, a few weeks later, um, through a friend, Watch your friends, through a friend, uh, I got a phone call. And um, in the early days of our relationship, the first month, very slow, thought, yes, a very nice guy, yes, he was very good. Opposite to me, complete opposite, and told me I talked too much, but anyway. <laughs> then, just as I was sort of getting interested and thought, this could be it, then there was a problem arose. Red flag, would you say? Red flag, maybe. Something that just came out of the blue, and I thought, oh my word, I can't believe this. So I can remember as well, when I came a, became aware of this problem, slight problem, not a big thing, on the Friday night. And it was a pretty big thing, to be fair. <laughs> That's why uh, you can't I tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's watching online. Don't worry, Dad, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it a secret. But anyway, when I... Became aware of the situation, I thought, oh, God, I thought this was Mr. Wright, but it looks as if it's not. So then I said, uh, we'd arranged to meet on the Sunday, and I said, well, on Sunday, a decision is going to be made one way or the other. That was how I put it. And so I guess you could say it was like a commitment thing? 
Yes. Like you, you got to go all in. There's there's kind of boundaries here. It was really little issues. We'll tell you privately. But anyway, Sunday night came and uh, at night got we went to church thinking. Then afterwards, I thought, I wonder what's happening here because I didn't know. But the rest history, you know. But I felt that I had to, you know, we had to have a conversation. You can't have a wishy-washy. You have to be all in or yeah. nothing, you know. And if you're if you're putting God first, you can't um, go here, go there. So um, that was a hiccup that was early on. That I, I believe that when we put God first, it sorted itself out. Mm. And we've been married now for over 40 years. Woo! <laughs> Brilliant. So we're kind of tapping into kind of red flags foundational values, what's attracting us, being in the same kind of places. Um, Anna, have you anything to say? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's going to be good. No, I'll I'll not rip you apart, don't worry. Um, I guess whenever... I guess I'm maybe just going to say I'm not a marriage expert because we only married two and a half years and we didn't really have many major struggles but I definitely have a lot of experience being in relationships and I have been in both worlds of being in a relationship in a non-godly way and a godly way so um, I just see the massive difference that God brings um, into a healthy relationship so whenever I became a Christian I realized what I wanted in life so before that I was really searching and I didn't to be honest I didn't even dream of being married or having children or I didn't really believe in that that I'm maybe going to be happy happily married and I maybe believe that whoever's going to be, they're going to break my heart and maybe the marriage is going to break down even though I didn't have much experience looking at my family, but somehow deep down I believed there's heart, I probably had trust issues because I got hurt in the past, so I pursued relationships that maybe the person that I was with they didn't want to commit either, so I've been in a five-year relationship with no commitment, no engagement, not, not even plans to get married, and I was okay with that but the relationship didn't last and left me really broken and probably feeling that I wasted a lot of my time. So whenever I became a Christian, I knew strongly that I wanted to pursue God in every area of my life, including my relationships. So um, our relationship started with putting God first, and I'm really proud of that because I think if we haven't had we wouldn't be here today because we both had some red flags and we had to work through things. So my first red flag with Phil (laughs) was um, probably the commitment issue because he shared with me um, a lot of his past and I seen some red flags there. He was very open and honest. He didn't hide anything, but I also knew something wasn't right. And I also knew that what I wanted and I also knew that I'm not going to let this man um, waste my time. So maybe not from the very start, but far in relationship, I was very clear what I wanted, and I was very clear that there won't be waiting about, and if you don't commit, I'm just gonna move on. And I think this really helped because he respected my boundaries, and maybe having the right people on the way, you were able to make the commitment and really respect my time. And we both went into the relationship assuming we are working towards marriage, but making that bold move of 
getting engaged. I think that was that was the hard thing for Phil. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you want to say anything to like yeah. Do you want to say anything to that? You enjoying yourself too much. Though? <laughs> it's gonna be a chat when we get home here. <laughs> I'm only kidding. No, I actually like sharing vulnerable stories because I think it, that's what helps. And really, in this situation, I guess I was Joe and Anna was Edith. <laughs> Let's be honest. And yeah, I was scared. And I, that, that was my problem. I, I found it hard to commit and think that, that this is the one woman I'm going to be with the rest of my life. What if I get it wrong? You know, all those thoughts that you have. Um, what ifs? And I guess I was fortunate to have the right kind of people around me. And I went to like the likes of Paul Reid and Craig Cooney and just really like, and Jude and Tim, like, hey, how did you know? Like, did it work out for you? Like, and they just brought it really back to basics uh, and exposed some of the lies that I was probably dealing with by myself, which was wrong. Um, and God obviously works through communities. That really helped me. And Anna obviously um, said, said what she said. And I had to, honestly, we're talking about Palm Sunday and going through a valley. I was, I, I had physical manifestations of fear, if I'm honest, when I was going to get engaged. But I knew it was the right thing to do, um, and it was now or never type thing, and it was the best decision I ever made. So, yeah. alright, yeah. so I guess I'm just saying that to encourage you: don't think because you feel a certain way that you're right, or your emotions are yeah. forming themselves in certain anxieties and whatever else, that means nothing uh, in regards to what is true and what is not. It just means there's something you need to go through or deal with. And, and yeah, you take feedback off that, but it doesn't, um, it's not your leader and it's, it's not your umpire uh, and it's not the boss. Cool. So one, one thing maybe on that note, if you are dating somebody who's maybe struggling to commit, I think the natural way for the other person is to become desperate. So I think my, my advice here would be to lay it down and surrender to God and not be that desperate person because if you are desperate and running after them, they will push you away. So just be strong and believe that Jesus is enough. Jesus is all we need and anything else is just an addition. And when you are that con confident person within yourself, this is attractive and that person that maybe has commitment issues, they will either commit or then you will part ways and that's okay as well. But don't let anybody waste your time because you're, you're worth um, the true love. Awesome, Pat. Right, well, actually, it's funny, one of the guys in our previous season who helped call me out and try to, he could see some things weren't right was good, good old Stuarty here. And I, as I look back, I realized, actually, Stuarty was right. Yeah, you know, she's got some wisdom up in there. Um, and so I'll pay more attention to what Shirley says now. Um, not that it didn't before, but you know. But Shirley, give us a little bit of maybe something that stands out to you in some of those questions, um, whether it be confrontation or your dating process or anything in between. Let me check and see what I'm allowed to say here. <laughs> Um, let me see. So, um, 
I think a big one for um, Leah and I, obviously married and all now in our relationship. There's a load of questions Phil has down here. Um, big thing for me is probably um, being able to bury my pride because I have a way that I want things to be done. Mm. Um, coming from probably being brought up in semi-traditional manner and uh, Leah different um, and whenever we get mar we got married that was one of the big things for us I was like no you have to do it this way you have to do it that way you know and Leah's like <laughs> the complete opposite um, and it's never a good idea to get into an argument with a solicitor <laughs> I don't think I've come out the right side of any of them. <laughs> so um, I suppose the point is, um, yeah, uh, being able to forgive, being able to walk away. Um, I am a fixer, so I want to, if there's an issue in our relationship, I want to fix it. Hmm. Get it sorted out and move on. Whereas Leah's the complete opposite. She needs a fortnight to think about it, address it, <laughs> write an essay on it, come back to me. This is how we're going to figure the thing out. So um, that's a big one for us, uh, which we had to work through, still working through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's one of. So the would ones you say we talked about uh, one person's more of a confronter, the other person's more avoidant? Yeah. yeah. Would you say what would you say you are? Oh no, I'm straight in and want Confront. to get sorted. Like, and then yeah, yeah. would you say Leah? Or would you say more? Of a, would you avoid it a bit more? Or Leah has the Leah has. You the may give her the mic. <laughs> Leah's the terminology here. Um, better way with words, you know. That's how she wins me over most of the time. You know, you just give I up. stumble on my words, and Leah will come in and overrule me. You know, <laughs> right? Mate, give her the mic. Let her respond. No, absolutely. But I think there is a bit of a difference. So in our situation, and definitely at the beginning of our relationship, it was very much as you described. So one person's a confronter and one person's an avoider in some ways. But what I think, and listen, we don't always get it, but what we try to do now is like Stuart realizes whenever we get into an argument, I'm zero to 100. So if I try to deal with it in that moment, it is not going to end well for anyone involved. Um, so I, I would say more a withdrawer, so I just need to withdraw okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. take time to process and bring myself back down. But I think there is a difference between withdrawing and being avoidant. Gotcha, yeah. Because if you think of being avoidant, it's like, it's like your car. If you hear the knocking and you just avoid it and ignore it and whatever, a couple of months from down the line, <laughs> you're going to need a new engine. Yeah, Do you know what yeah. I mean? See, I'm like a toothache you're just going to be in more pain yeah, a yeah. few months down the line if you Absolutely. avoid it. So I wouldn't say I avoid or we avoid or we sort of walk away and don't ever talk about it again. It's just... So how, how would you say, processing. in regards to getting better, obviously we're all on a journey, what would you say are some things that have helped, like tone of voice or just understanding each other's point of view? It's like the love languages. Yeah. It's recognising how the other person deals with the situation mm. and trying to break down how, you know, it's like one of your other questions about changing the other person. Like, mm -hmm. Stuart is not going to be able to, with the best will in the world, change me in that moment. Like, yeah. my emotions have already done what they've done. So it is recognizing sort of what the other person needs. So I know that Stuart needs to deal with it and fix it. 
in some ways, and that'll happen, but he also knows I need a little bit of time before yeah. we do that. Amazing. So it's taken that for us, everyone will be different, but for us, when we are dealing with things in a more healthy way, it's just taking that little bit of time to mm. get your head where you needed to be, come back and figuring it out then. Brilliant. So that's... Love yeah. it, love it, love to hear it. Um, we don't know. There's definitely going to be people call us out if we start <laughs> acting like we do this all the time. <laughs> so we're working on it, guys. The beauty about it is we're all in process, yeah. and that's, I think it's just cool to be honest. So people down there are like, whoa, we're not alone. Um, Kate, would you say... Um, on your journey, there was a time, I guess it's something similar, where you're, you're seeing through your filter and you, you realize that Mark is different and process is different. Maybe you tried to change him in a way or how would you approach some of those frustrations? Um, well, I think you soon realize that you're different people. Um, from the very beginning, you have your own identity. Yeah. Um, and I think whether it's a female thing, you do try and change your partner a little bit and you just in the little things that aren't really that important, but they're important to you. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what we found, I mean, I think the Christian life is a bit like marriage. It's a working progress. Mm. And um, you soon realize the small things, they're not really that important. It's sort of the bigger things. And um, if you don't deal with the big things together, you're going to try and deal with it yourself. Mm. Um, and I think the main things, as long as you can, you can laugh together. We do quite a lot of that. I bet. Um, <laughs> if you're a fly on the wall, I tell you. Um, and um, if you can cry together as well, I think that's really important Whoa. because when you're married, you think you're the same people, but things around you are changing all the time. Mm. So whether it's family mm. or your friendship groups or work situations, and all these different things can add pressure to a marriage. And I Absolutely. think if you're trying to deal with those things yourself, it's, it makes it very hard. Right, yeah. And I think because, I mean, we're both Christians, and I'm sure, like, I know we've both tried to hurry through things and work things out ourselves, um, but you do need Christ to underpin your marriage. Whoa. There's no doubt about it. So and sometimes you take, you know, you, you read God's word and you're like, all oh, right, that's really good advice. And then other times you try and do things yourself mm. and you maybe, you, you maybe don't take the right path. Absolutely. But um, we've, it's, yeah, it's definitely a work, work in progress. We're so different. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> but in some ways we're so alike. Actually, as we get to know each other more, we've been married 13 years now, and we realize in some ways we're very alike. Yeah things that you don't see on the outward side, but we're alike in so many ways. And then in other ways, we respond differently. Yeah. But sometimes that's, that's good because you're not going to marry yourself. You've got to, you're marrying somebody <laughs> else who is going to be different to you. So, yeah, um, very good. Yeah, it's great. But I'm learning so much on this panel. I'm taking notes absolutely, now. And <laughs> absolutely. I'll be watching. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Mark, anything to add to that? Or anything in general? <laughs> No, I, I think um, one of the first things that probably came into our relationship at the very start was like a cultural difference. Like I, I know Kate's from the UK, but like she's English, you know, and she's coming over to somebody who 
you know, after being called Irish for too many times, it's had to be, you know, it's Ulster Scots, you know what I'm saying? It's not, not Irish. But um, no, I've always found that has it a wee, you know, influence in, in the relationship as well. Like, we, our, like our social background is very different over here compared to like the area where Kate comes from in England and we had to call us like, respect that from an early stage if you know what I mean so um, so our, our, from the word go like we had we realized we're quite different people different backgrounds or you know our families kind of you know behave in different ways from the social aspect so I think like you know Kate's very right in what she's saying you know um, when you have Christ at your center mm. you know all these things are kind of by by the side but um always found in, in the relationships, um, I would probably tend to be the one that would maybe back away from confrontation, but that's kind of like my probably default. Down through my life, I probably would have not been the most confident person, probably still aren't, if you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot of situations I would choose to avoid rather than uh, dive straight in, and I would tend to internalize. So Kate would maybe be upset about something, I would just stand and listen. <laughs> You know the way, and go fine. You know, Kate would be way upstairs, every way in into the well, lounge. Would you ever make a joke at an inappropriate time? Uh, Phil, I, <laughs> where would you get that from? <laughs> no, uh, when Kate, can I get a witness? <laughs> when Kate's cross, you don't joke about it. Um, you know, um, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, like there's times I come home from work and I'm always last one home, like Kate's always been home early and she's probably had the boys all day and she's just kind of getting to the end of her tether a wee bit. Yeah. And as soon as I walk in, in the door, I can sense it. You know, I don't even have to talk to anybody. I can sense there's been a bad day here kind of thing. So I'm like kind of creeping into the kitchen <laughs> thinking, I wonder if I can get down the hall and into the Xbox here before <laughs> Kate, um, before Kate actually realizes I'm home for at least, you know, half an hour, but no, you know, <laughs> she says, Mark, <laughs> so would you sort these boys out, <laughs> you know, so, but, um, like, I have to try to learn how to maybe step up a wee bit, yeah. you know, and just say, no, this is a serious issue, like, you have to, you mm. can't back away from it, you have to get involved in it, and you have to be prepared to sit down and talk about it, yeah. you know, even if maybe the sit down and talking bit is listening, yeah. as much as trying to, like, butt in with your opinions, I think you have to try to, to fix it. Yeah. I, I think in, in a lot of men, yeah. that's a big problem, because I, I guess, because I don't feel comfortable that much when you're, all, it's always emotional, and it's, in some ways draining me, so it is a sacrifice to stay and be present and not try to fix it quick. Um, would you agree, Anna? Thanks, Mark, that was great. So I guess maybe I'm gonna tap in a little bit the cultural thing. So um, in Poland, people are very confrontational and I find that in this culture here, people are very diplomatic. So, in my family, people raise voices not only because they are fighting, they raise voices because they are excited, they are just lively and very fiery <laughs> people. So oh, yeah. I'm used to living in, in a household that raised voice is normal. So whenever we have arguments, my voice would naturally go up and I wouldn't even notice that. And especially when I'm being talked over, it, it's going up and up and up. <laughs> so then it's obviously a thing that Phil isn't comfortable with. So we had to learn that raised voice is no. I'm usually just like, calm down. Yeah, and There's if somebody tells you to calm here. down, you're definitely going to calm down. And that obviously works every time. When you tell somebody to calm down, they um, always 
But with the conflict, I think I'm the person that, like, surely a fixer. I can't go to bed with conflict. I feel uncomfortable. It has to be sorted now. And sometimes I feel like I'm maybe being forceful in the past to sort things out before you're maybe ready because yeah. you like to walk away and think things through. So there have been things that I thought we've sorted out before bedtime and then the next day I've been getting like a very cold shoulder and I'm like oh I thought we've passed that and there's this kind of tension where is this coming from? No passive I already forgot what the issue was moving on like I'm really fast to move on and I just had to learn that my timing of solving issues is not necessarily Phil's timing and I had to respect that as well and sometimes it has to wait and that's okay. But then there's times I'll say something maybe maybe go too far, inappropriate or whatever, and then I want to fix it straight away because I don't want to have to go through the turmoil of a conversation. Yeah. Um, and then I have to wait mm -hmm. on the flip side. Yeah. Uh, let's finish with this. Uh, in regards to sacrifice, obviously we had this puppy recently <laughs> and with a bit more weight, yeah. having to get up a few times a night. Uh, how has that affected you and di the dynamic in, in a relationship? Well, I guess because we have something we're working towards together, I think it brought us closer and it showed me qualities in you that I haven't seen before and I'm really enjoying it as much as it's challenging. I think it's good for us as a unit, family unit and I don't know, I just enjoy looking after the dog with you and you have been stepping up in so many ways that I probably didn't expect you would be because I was the person that really wanted the dog and I thought I would have to carry the weight myself but you're helping so much and yeah, I wasn't really saying it for that reason, but I think the, the, the point um, is a bit like, you know, Jesus was walking to the cross, essentially, as he was walking on Palm Sunday into Jerusalem, and sacrifice, you know, the Bible talks in Ephesians that men laid on your life. Mm. Actually, remember your wedding video, that was the scripture that was being read out. And it actually, I remembered that. That actually marked me before I was married. I was like, that's, that's it. But it's hard to let down your life. It's sacrificial. It's given everything up. But I guess just recently, I've kind of been, my eyes have been opened again to that, that it's, it's incredible in joining people together when they see that right there in the fight with me, I'm not going alone. Yeah. Um, they're willing to let down their life. It builds trust and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yes. Can I say one more thing one about more the thing. conflict? So me and Phil sometimes find it hard to compromise and we both think, think we are in the right, like we have the right thing to say and sometimes the conversation goes for two hours over, over a silly thing and we can't find an agreement and you get to the point you're very tired and you don't want to talk anymore. But then what we found that helped us was walk away and pray about it and we would come back and we, we would have the solution within... 30 seconds, and that would be a very humbling experience. Um, so, yeah. Inviting Ask. Holy Spirit and just asking him not what I can say to my husband to make things my way, but just what can I do? What can I say to, from my own perspective? Absolutely. No, I think that's exactly what has been incredible, even about the Freedom Course. Um, was, who was I talking to about the Freedom Course? Was it you, Mark? Yeah, just saying about how many people, that simple prayer of, hey, Holy Spirit, what should I do? And I t tell you what, what I've experienced is a lot easier sometimes to listen to the Holy Spirit than it is to my wife, if I'm honest. Because when you're in that stubborn mindset, you don't want to give in. 
we're, I'm, I'm being, there's a reason I'm being stubborn, because I think I'm right, and then I ask the Holy Spirit, and he exposes my heart, and I realize that I've actually got it wrong, um, or maybe done it the wrong way. The right thing the wrong way is the wrong thing. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.